fun lawyer show. We just started a superhuman law division, and I want you to be the face of it. Lawyer show. Imagine running a superhuman law division at a law firm. That's exactly what we're going to talk about here, and we're going to start off the series by reviewing the new She-Hulk Attorney at Law show on Disney+. This week, we're going to dive into Episode 6, Just Jen. I'm Greg Lambert, alongside my superhuman Law Division co-counsel, Joshua Lennon. Joshua, what did you think of Just Jen? Just Jen. I thought it was probably an episode where they were attempting to save on CGI costs. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably true. Right? Now, yeah. they did warn you right out front that this is a standalone episode about a wedding. So Absolutely. no, So no Daredevil, no Matt Murdock. I always love the callback to kind of the original She-Hulk, John Byrne gimmick mm-hmm. of breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. uh, when the actress looks right at the audience and, and talks, I, I like that. I think it's a neat callback to... That series, it allows them to to recognize kind of some of the ridiculousness of the series as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. Uh, and I don't know. Did you notice that they even changed like the show title card? Yeah, to just Jen. Just Jen. Yeah. Just Jen. Yeah, they've, they've done that before because they've done the She-Hulk lawyer for hire. Yeah. Uh, so they've changed the title card a, a few times in, in the series. And and I I love a show that messes with the title card that uh, does does some unique things and those are always fun because i think it it is a way to tip your hat to the intelligence of the audience i agree it makes us feel like we're all kind of participating in the story together yeah yeah so this episode really kind of is broken into three parts and i think that's probably the best way to address it is i think we can take each part kind of individually, if, you, if you're if yeah. you okay with that. Yeah. So we have the uh, Mr. Immortal divorce. We yep. have Jen's high school friend Lulu's wedding. So we have a wedding and we have a divorce. And then we have kind of this combination of somebody spying on Jen. Uh, and I think this probably harkens back to the Wrecking Crew. And we have this new website called Intelligentsia. And so I, I think we can split that uh, into three. I think the biggest non-legal part of mm-hmm. it, it would be the wedding. Do you want to take that up front? Yeah. Yeah. I think there were very few legal issues in the wedding. Yeah. Probably the biggest one was that there was an assault. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Not everything's uh, about you, Jen, except uh, it really is. It really so. was about, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, Titania cons her way into the wedding as a plus one. And then uh, once Jen has become a bit inebriated and separated from the crowd, just sucker punches her, mm-hmm. right? Very clearly assault. And one of the more interesting things that hasn't been explored yet in the Marvel Universe is... Um, Oftentimes, certain types of criminal charges have aggregating factors Mm -hmm. that might increase the seriousness of the charge. So assault versus assault with a deadly weapon, for example. And what we haven't seen explored yet. Would Titania be a deadly weapon since she is superpowered? It could be that there was that. Um, Also, we could take a look at her intent 
because she struck Jen when she was not in her She-Hulk in vulnerable form, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can take a, a look at was she intending to do some type of serious or deadly damage as a part of the attack, given that she has superpowers and the the person she was attacking at the time was not like under the influence of superpowers, taking advantage of their superpowers. There's got to be she a better was, phrase. She was under yeah. the influence, but not not for her superpowers. So she, she yeah. was uh, throwing up from over drinking and was uh, sucker punched. Poor sportsmanship, to say the least. Uh, but then we can also have a similar charge against Jen later mm-hmm. in that fight. So there's a breather. Tatiana's kind of like taunting Jen to turn into She-Hulk and fight. And it seemed very clear that Jen could have not escalated the situation by just refusing to participate. Right. But instead, she transformed, did property damage to the wedding venue, which Tatiana hadn't yet, right? Right. She did her kind of earthquake move and destroyed the patio. Yep. And then there's some poor server who keeps getting thrown around by by these women in the course of their fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he yep. definitely has a claim against both of them for reckless endangerment. And that was about it. Yeah, there yeah, was the slapping of the cell phone out of out of a woman's hand. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, so that that could be it. Um, so mm. I wanted to point out something that it's not a legal issue, but I think goes mm. more to the lifestyle of of a lawyer and and how it's presented mm. here. But uh, one is uh, this is a Thursday wedding, and so. Yeah. Jennifer has to take off from work, and so she is somewhat reluctant to do it because that means that Mallory Book has to take, she says, pick up her slack. And yeah. I think that's a, that is something that is constantly on the mind of attorneys in that, you know, if I take a day off, it's going to hurt my career. Mm-hmm. I can't take a breather I, because someone's going to swoop in and take my work away from me. So I think we got a little bit there. And then the other mm-hmm. thing, when she was talking to her friend Lulu about and was really in a good good place about talking about, hey, look, I'm the the new head of the this division at this very prestigious law firm. I'm doing great. And of course, then she's like, I well, I don't care about that. Are are you dating someone? Yeah. So I think it just shows kind of a tough life that being a, a lawyer can can be. I know this is other industries as well, but, uh, you know, we're in the legal industry. She's playing a lawyer. Uh, so it's something that we see a lot of and kind of stretch it out a little bit, especially for women lawyers, that mm-hmm. these types of pressures, taking care of children, doing things on your own, taking time off to do fun things or even for mental health days is seen as something that could harm your career in the, in the long run. And I think you, you see little snippets of that throughout the series. Yeah, uh, we don't know the full details of Jennifer's employment agreement with JLK&H, mm-hmm. right? And so, yes, she is the head of this division, uh, but they also imply that she's salaried. Right. She's not a partner, right? (laughs) Which is very unusual to be both the head of a team at a law firm and not be a partner. Uh, And that means that any way to improve 
her compensation at the company will involve meeting her billable hourly targets. Mm. Most big law firms will set a billable hour target, how many hours you bill in a year. And then if you hit that, you'll be eligible for some type of bonus. Yeah. When Jen's worried about falling behind, I mean, a day of yep. lost billable hours can be really tough to try and squeeze in somewhere else when you've got a high target that you've got to get to. Yeah, yeah. Anything else at the wedding that we need to cover? I am kind of wondering if we're seeing, and this is going to tie into, I think, our later point, the wrecking crew guys mm. pop back in as some of the prospective daters. Yeah. And other romantic foils that we've seen, I think. Yeah, I'm I thinking think, the 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 guy Josh that yeah. uh, that she's uh, chatting up at the wedding. Uh, mm. I think he's I think he's somehow involved in that. So uh, um, yeah. yeah, even even when it seems to be going good, it's going bad. So right now, <laughs> yeah, poor Jen. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's let's jump over into the uh, divorce case of Mr. Immortal. This really harkens back to the uh, Dan Slot uh, series, where oh, yeah. he took very kind of legitimate legal issues and applied mm -hmm. superhuman possibilities to it. And I think this is a fantastic, you know, case study in in uh, legal issues. I wanna, think wanna, so as well. Want to brief this for for us, uh, Mr. Lennon? Yeah. So JLKNH has a new client come to the firm who is functionally immortal. Uh, so apparently is not invulnerable, but will regenerate and revive even after life-threatening injuries. Yes. And one of the things that's also implied is that he is uh, also somewhat ageless or at least has lived for an exceptionally long period of time yeah. because he talks about really long ago historical events. And over the course of his immortal existence, he has loved and lost <laughs> and, uh, and seems to do so with quite a bit of frequency. Yes, yes. And his solution to when whatever paramour has lost their luster and things be the relationship becomes work is he doesn't fake his own death. He triggers his own death in some way and then just kind of gets up and walks away afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Only to find yet another new love of his life. Yeah. So he, I guess he, he really uh, uh, epitomizes the it's better to have loved and lost than not to have loved at all. And, exactly. and he, he has loved and, uh, and many people have lost uh, along the way. So and I think yeah. there's eight, seven or eight. I think there's eight uh, yeah. former yeah. spouses that, that are there. And so, unfortunately, modern technology has caught up to Mr. Immortal and mm -hmm. that uh, normally, I guess, with the other divorces, deaths, spouses, yeah, he's kind of gotten away with it. Yeah, the spouses, mm -hmm. he, he has faked. Well, I guess he's really died and then let the spouses think that he's dead. He revives himself later and walks mm -hmm. away, creates a new identity 
and yeah. seems to fall in love and get married again over and over. And unfortunately for him, with cell phone cameras, one of his deaths was caught and was placed on this uh, website called the Intelligentsia website. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of his former spouses sees that and realizes that he's alive and thus files for divorce. So he's coming to GLKNH to get advice on how to handle this divorce. Uh, right. Really, really interesting <laughs> set of facts here. And one of the things that I said in the earlier episode about the magician Donnie Blaze is that if I were attempting to shut down Donnie Blaze and his magic, I wouldn't have used Wong as the plaintiff. I would have used the the audience members that Donnie Blaze was teleporting against their will and abandoning, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and here we see the spouses actually doing that exact same thing. They have unified and are coming at Mr. Immortal for his actions and his abuse of his own innate abilities for his benefit. We have kind of this kind of quasi, uh, it's almost like a mini class action suit as well mm-hmm. as an arbitration. The whole style yeah. of, of this is is kind of bizarre. And because Jen is taking off to go to this wedding, mm-hmm. her paralegal Nikki is teamed up with Mallory Book and they are interviewing Mr. Immortal and taking his case. And then somehow or another, they're also doing the arbitration, it seems like, on the same day. So Absolutely. <laughs> so here's how I think this came about. And again, we have to make a lot of assumptions yep. in a 20-22 minute show on, yep. on what actually is happening. Uh, but you have uh, the spouse who's looking for the divorce. She is bringing in the previous spouses as kind of character witnesses, evidence of fraud, right? Uh, and using those as a part of her divorce action. But uh, these spouses also have potential future claims of their own. Uh, they could uh, file for criminal charges of bigamy, which is when somebody who is married goes out and marries someone else later, usually through fraud. They could also have li- uh, civil liability claims of fraud against Mr. Immortal himself that, you know, he faked his identity. He lied about his abilities. Then we know in at least two other instances, uh, two of the spouses that they had some really serious consequences because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. One founded a business with Mr. Immortal and worked with him on it for two years. Uh, another former spouse had a kid. Mm. With Mr. Immortal that he then was dead. And so there was never any child support or involvement on behalf of that. Um, And given that Mr. Immortal, and as we get an example of his abilities in just a little bit, given that there really isn't this period where he's incapacitated, right? Yeah. That he should have been providing support for, say, like the kid, if nothing else, if not alimony under a divorce. It's really, really interesting uh, concept on this because I was trying to think if if the facts were most favorable to Mr. Immortal and you could prove that I truly did die, 
Yeah. Do your contracts, <laughs> you know, die with you? And so here we have the set of facts that, uh, so for, for example, mm-hmm. if someone were to disappear for a number of years and was legally pronounced dead and they came back, what are some of the ramifications of that? I know that's, you know, at least has happened on, on television shows before. I, I'm not yeah. sure. And I'm, and I'm sure it's probably happened in real life where people have disappeared Take for their a number death of years and run and then, off. And then, yeah. And then come back. So really kind of, kind of an interesting set of facts, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think uh, Mr. Immortal thinks of himself as a good guy and that this is he probably says that. the, the yeah, he says that again. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, like I always say, if you, if you have to say that you're cool, you're not. You're um, not. And so if you have to say you're a good guy, you're probably not a good guy. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we do get an example of what happens because he seems so adverse to having conflict that when he's discussing the divorce with Mallory Book and with Nikki, they start kind of arguing back and forth, talking amongst themselves, and then he goes and just jumps out the window of, you know, I'm sure the 40-something yeah, floor of the, yeah. and lands on a, on a poor security car uh, down below. So Plummets to his death and then <laughs> just gets up and walks away. Kind of. No. Straightens out his uh, his broken bones and walks off. No. Joshua, this is where we have this week's uh, QR code uh, was Ooh. on the security car. And oh, what did this one it, lead to? It takes you to West Coast Avengers number forty six, which oh. is the first epi- or first issue with Mister Immortal. So, Mister Immortal, get, get a little uh, surprise there. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go read that. Oh, <laughs> so. I actually had a, some real problems with this scene uh, mm. from a client service perspective. So one of the things that they raise is uh, Mr. Immortal raises the fact that I, he doesn't think lawyers are his lawyer is allowed to like disagree with him. It's like right. I'm a good guy. And yeah. Both Mallory and didn't know ju- are uh, like, lawyers no. are supposed to be so judgmental. Exactly. And and it's completely false. You can have personal opinions about your clients. You can even voice them in situations where it won't impact your client's interest, say, like with your client. Like that was a really dumb move. Right. Uh, but what you can't do is re- uh, act that way in situations where it may harm your client's interest, say before a court or in a public negotiation or on camera. And so – the idea that lawyers have to like and have to agree with their clients is just not the case. And I'm really glad that they represented that here. Uh, but the, <laughs> I felt a butt coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mallory in particular was very argumentative and very sort of looking for aggressive in mm-hmm. conveying her opinion to Mr. Immortal, uh, much more so than a professional setting entailed. And it is after that aggressiveness that Mr. Immortal flings himself out the window. (laughs) From an employment law perspective, if my paralegal is causing my clients to commit temporary suicide, that's a problem. And yeah. And so I do think we're, uh, and as we discussed in the previous episode, that we we see Nikki's duties as a paralegal are not in alignment with what we see in our 
universe as opposed yeah. to Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, and I, I think this is a, a good spot to point out that I wasn't sure how I was going to like or not like Mallory Book, but mm-hmm. I will tell you that I think she she is a fantastic person to work with. There's a number of things that she does in this part of the show with the divorce uh, proceedings mm-hmm. with Nikki that I think shows that she is a leader and that she is also a mentor. And yeah. so you see a number of things that Nikki is doing, which I think goes back to her days working with Jennifer, both at the prosecutor's office and then as she's moved over and has become the paralegal for her there at GLKNH. If you notice, Nikki, when she comes in, she walks in and sits behind, kind of on the window behind Mr. Immortal. And yes. without making any type of overt gesture, Mallory guides her to go sit in the chair next to uh, the client. So I think mm-hmm. that was good. She also attempted to keep Nikki in from the giving, yeah, to rein yeah. in the conversation. And you can see, again, not doing anything mm-hmm. over the top, but just kind of making signals to her, this is not the time to talk. Let me handle this. And uh, of course, uh, Nikki does not uh, follow those instructions all the way. Um, But then also uh, toward the end, one of the things that she does because of Nikki's involvement in getting a settlement um, is that she compliments her, tells her that what she did was unique and was, you know, was outstanding. And she does it in front of the client and the others. Uh, So giving her that public recognition that really boosts the confidence of a lot of employees. So Mallory Book is someone I would love to work with because I think she, she knows how to handle people. She also looks like even though she is completely in control seemingly all the time, she also has a personality that comes out. You see that a, a couple of times as well. So she's yeah. definitely someone that I think a lot of lawyers and staff would love to work with. Uh, and interestingly, we learned some personal facts about her as well. Yeah. Like she has she has a kid. Right? She has a kid and she's married, yeah. and apparently, like nobody knows this. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's rather, very quiet. Yeah, or, yeah or at least she, Nikki she hasn't that. made it like something front and center, which could be because of the office environment. And as we've talked about, yeah, the difficulties in advancing. Uh, I had one last issue with uh, the Mr. Immortal introduction. And that was after he flung himself out the window and crushed a car underneath, (laughs) they kept him as a client. Yeah. Why would you do that? (laughs) Our listeners may not know, but lawyers can fire clients. Mm-hmm. So long as it doesn't impact the client's interest. And so there may be situations like if you're in a trial where you may have to get the judge's permission to withdraw. But here we've got basically the initial consultation uh, and the guy seriously endangers uh, at least whoever was supposed to be in that security car that he lands on. Mm-hmm. So I would not want that uh, that person as a client at all. Yeah, I would yeah. say thank you. Let let me direct you to some of uh, some other <laughs> lawyer directories where you might find a firm that's better suited to your particular needs. Yeah, um, and uh, also, well, there's a couple of things. One is I think this also again shows that the uh, the 
GLK and H's superhuman law division mm-hmm. is set up not to necessarily make a profit, but rather as a mm. PR wing. And so I think that's my guess is, and, and of course, you, we have no facts to back this up, yeah. is that probably Mr. Holloway is not allowing them to fire this client. That, that yeah, that could he's, that's he's a, building a up the superhuman law division. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what did you think of the uh, negotiations uh, for, for the divorce? I thought it was just weird. It, well, what it was weird in that we didn't actually get anybody who identified themselves as the lawyer for the divorcing spouse or the yeah. previous spouses, right? And everybody's just kind of chiming in. Yeah, we saw some security guys kind of in the background, so I'm not, yeah. not sure what that was, but absolutely no legal representation for the other side. And as we see later on, everybody has some really divergent interest in what they they want to get out of negotiating with Mr. Immortal. Like some people want money. Some people want an apology. Some people, I think they had some real estate that transferred hands. Yeah. And so the fact that all of these people were unrepresented or were represented by maybe a single lawyer, we don't know, is probably not something that you would see. In situations like that, they would they would try and find somebody right to represent their interests. Uh, we also didn't really see all the harms that are probably going to be the fallout of Mister Immortal's true abilities becoming public. Um, yeah. Presumably, for example, some spouses collected life insurance on Mister Immortal, right? And yeah. if he's not really dead, ah, <laughs> was that was that? insurance fraud and now they have to deal with insurance fraud claims uh and we didn't see the back child support being a part of the settlement either right there were there were a lot of issues that could have been just mentioned as parts of settlements right uh and weren't and so instead we got kind of some a little more silly things like mr immortal will give you a heartfelt apology that will last (laughs) 15 seconds and we'll uh, include direct eye contact eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was, that was the one concession that he disagreed with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was that funny scene where it looked like he was going to try and throw himself out the window again. Yeah. Right. And both, both Mallory and Nikki gently guided him back down yeah, to his yeah, seat. Like, yeah. yeah come sit back down here. So, um, yeah. I don't know if you saw in the, in the court drawings at the, in the credit scenes, there's uh, yeah. the scene where Nikki is holding the iPhone timer. It set at 20 and yeah. Mr. Immortal is sweating. Down. Yeah. So he's, yeah. <laughs> so apparently yeah. he did, he did get to pay off that debt and yeah, you're right. It's, it, it, it was silly, but you know, it, mm-hmm. it really, you know, again, as an academic uh, endeavor, you could think about the fact that if you did have someone that could not die, just all of the issues that would come about with that, the legal issues. Yeah. Um, and especially well, if they were trying to hide the fact that they could not die. Even, yeah, even in the real world, we have scenarios that roughly align with these facts, right? Mr. Immortal threw himself out the window, landed on a car died and then an instant later got up and walked away right Uh, and we have people in the real world who unfortunately expire and are revived and nobody says oh well you died for you know three seconds your Mm -hmm. marriage is over 
uh, and you don't have to pay your student loans. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, uh, you win. You win. Yeah. That's that's just not how it works. Uh, and so Mr. Immortal claiming to be a good guy, he's clearly not uh, mm-hmm. with the facts as presented. Yeah. But again, in uh, in the rules of civil procedure for uh, Earth 616, mm-hmm. we have to get this all settled in one self-contained episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of uh, bending of, of uh, reality in these uh, television shows. Yeah. And, so. and given that if I were a life insurance company, for example, or a security company whose car had gotten crushed, uh, mm-hmm. there's there's going to be lots of business coming from Mr. Immortal. To GLKNH. Somebody's got to pay for that window. Somebody's got to pay for that window. (laughs) So the real question, though, is uh, how do you as a law firm uh, protect yourself when your client does something dumb like that in the Mm. law office? Um, And it's an unfortunate reality that for many family law lawyers that they really have to think about security as a part of their law firm operations. Um, Can we lock the door? Can we control visibility? Because upset spouses yep. and family law cases are highly emotional and can be highly volatile. They aren't yeah, always as yeah. humorous as Mr. Immortal. No, it's not. It, it, it can be serious. And I think if uh, if you recall back to the early 90s, I think mm-hmm. there was the – it was Pillsbury – uh, office in I think it's San Francisco. Oh yeah, where a disgruntled uh, client came in and shot and killed a number of attorneys yeah. uh, because he had lost his case. And so, uh, security is a big issue because there are very upset people who who lose lots of money or property or uh, intellectual property rights or uh, custody a number of, of their things. kids so, or yeah yeah uh, and yeah. so. Uh, while this was viewed humorously, uh, I do think, yeah, we're going to see JLK and H have to start spending on things that a white shoe law firm might not have considered in the past. The other issue that I had with the window was uh, it was single How pane. How easily it broke. Very easily oh. broken. <laughs> so uh, they, they at least need to get double pane windows. Come on. That's, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's LA, but it's still, still yeah. you need to, you need uh, more. And we're totally windows. seeing their insurance just skyrocket now. So during the divorce proceedings, we did get mention of the Intelligentsia website, mm-hmm. and so we dive a little bit more into that. Nikki and Mallory pull this up and find lots of information, a very disturbing post and information on She-Hulk, and it's kind of this, I don't know, it's a mix between like a Reddit uh, website and like, like a, a 4chan, 4chan yeah. or 8chan website. And the thing I found interesting was you had to get approval to even log in to get an account for this. And you got approval by basically insulting She-Hulk. Yeah. It was kind of weird, but uh, luckily the uh, Nikki and Mallory have uh, weathered enough insults themselves that they were able to to come up with some things they'd heard to, to get them in. Yeah. And on the site, you saw things like, um, how do we SWAT she-Hulk. Yeah. And then there was posts that asked, how do we kill She-Hulk? And there, you know, just death threats that were going on. There are sites like this. And of course, with the, at least here in the United States, there are laws that kind of protect 
some of these sites from the, what the users place on them. Mm-hmm. This is really kind of kind of pushing that to to the extreme. Yeah, and so there are a couple of issues raised here. Uh, the first of which is um, is this protected speech? And so the First Amendment of the Constitution limits the government's ability to impose or limit speech. We really struggle in the U.S. with the concept of hate speech, for example, as something that can be regulated. We see in these organized communities of hate that, unfortunately, allowing it kind of to fester can act as almost a... We mentioned aggregating factor before, but this would be something that ramps up the hate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so somebody who just, you know, doesn't like She-Hulk's suit is now, unfortunately, part of a, a hate-filled community and is getting propagandized and radicalized from these things. Um, but yeah. the U.S. is definitely continuing to struggle with how do we as uh, both a society and a government handle this as well as respecting the First Amendment. But then we can look at it from a commercial perspective. So the intelligentsia who is providing the space for this forum could or could not be controlling it because the Mm -hmm. First Amendment only limits the government. The intelligentsia website could have its own terms of service, could regulate certain types of content, and this is very important, cannot be held liable for some of this type of content under the infamous section uh, 230, which Mm -hmm. uh, is actually a really important bit of federal legislation in the U.S. that enables this type of uh, community-created content because it exempts the, the content host from liability around the content. And it was meant mm-hmm. to be an IP law, right? If somebody downloads an episode of She-Hulk and posts it on your forum, right, for everybody else to download, you as the forum host are not liable for the copyright infringement. It's the poster right. who is. But it's been greatly expanded to cover all kinds of hateful conduct. And we're going to have to continue to wrestle with this issue for a long period of time to come. Can the government limit this hate speech? That's still an evolving issue, legally speaking. Some can, uh, but the test for it is very, very strict. Can a corporation do so? They can. Is the corporation liable for this? Probably not under Section 230. Those are some of the issues that just come from the fact that this place exists. We kind of get a hint that this website is tied to the same people that sent the Wrecking Crew out to try and get some of, of Jen's blood as yeah. She-Hulk. We see that uh, Jen and her wedding date, Josh, are being monitored. Mm-hmm. And not only are they being monitored, but uh, visually through cameras, there's also seems to be some readings coming off of Jen for her gamma radiation. Yeah. And then we see the bent needle from the previous attack where they tried to draw blood. And now we see what we think is probably Todd's uh, vibranium needle that he yeah. that he talked about on the date. So, uh, and, and we hear, or we see this pop-up from someone called Hulk King, which mm-hmm. that name also showed up on the Intelligentsia website as well. Maybe the leader? 
I think you're right. And when you say the leader, you're saying it as a proper noun. So that's actually a, yes. a comic book character called the leader. The uh, leader. And I think we've another, mentioned another it before. gamma radiation <laughs> yeah. person. But I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that sleazy guy Todd is is definitely tied up in this. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jen's love life is definitely intersecting with She Hulk's villain roster. And not in a yeah, good way. Yeah. Poor Jen. Poor Jen. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of wraps up uh, all the issues in, in this episode. Is there anything else? Well, I always want to remind our audience to stay super in terms of legal issues. I actually am eager for Jen to get back into the law firm so we can learn a little bit more about JLK&H and what are they planning. So for me, the business side of JLK&H is something that's unexplored and I'd like to see more of it. How about anything for yeah. you? Uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Um, you know, the, the one other thing that I saw, which, uh, it was that Mallory did also have a bar set up in her office. Oh, okay. uh, I like that. I think more law firms should have that. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll pass that along to my office administrator to see nice. if, uh, she'll give me a budget for that, but yeah. I doubt she will. <laughs> and of course I really want to get into the law library we're just not seeing enough. We're of not the law seeing library. that yet. And for the law librarian, that's a critical <laughs> flaw. All right. Well, thank you, Greg. All right, Joshua. Take care. Lawyer Show.